You're listening to the Winter Interview Series on the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com and by Moen Go Systems, the premier designer and builder of adjustable and easily removable dovetail ramp systems for the lawn care industry. Go check them out at moengosystems.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 344, entitled Interview with Ezra McCarthy from Maple Leaf Mowing. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions and comments and the feedback that you guys uh, have been sending through. Uh, also, just a quick note, if you guys do uh, get value from these uh, episodes, in particular, these uh, interview episodes, uh, show some love. Let me uh, know what you think uh, by dropping a uh, review on iTunes. Uh, it's very much appreciated. One of the uh, single most important things uh, you guys can do for the podcast is uh, leave a review uh, on Apple uh, Podcasts or iTunes, as it uh, uh, is uh, referred to as well. Uh, so without further ado, uh, I'd like to welcome Ezra McCarthy to the show. Hey, Ezra, how's it going? I did well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and uh, coming out to the show today. I really do appreciate it. Oh, good to be here. Awesome. So let's dive right into it and maybe tell us a bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, I actually just am fairly new to the business. I just recently started up my actually company last year. Okay. Um, I just moved and I, I always like the consistency of the mowing the fact that it's um, recurring. Yes. Uh, and I'm actually a pastor, and so um, it's a small church, and so I have to do something on the side. Um, and so I looked into that as I had just moved to a new place, and I, I found I really enjoyed it. Okay, very, very cool. So <clears throat> uh, you mentioned uh, uh, with uh, being a pastor. Um, so the lawn care business is uh, basically a side uh, hustle for you, or is it uh, a main income? Uh, it's the main income. It's a very small church. Oh, okay. So uh, what, because um, there's obviously a bunch of stuff this day and age uh, that you could be doing. Um, uh, what uh, first attracted you to the lawn care industry specifically and made you want to start your own business? Sure. In college, um, I had actually worked with my friend a little bit, and I just really enjoyed it. And something that I'm, I'm good at is doing things quickly. Um, and so, you know, with the lawn care, it's, you obviously do a good job, but if you can do a good job quickly, um, it's something that you can do well at. Um, and I had done it in college. I enjoyed it and I thought I'd give it a try. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, a key to uh, uh, definitely being profitable in this business is, is uh, being efficient and quick uh, at your jobs. Uh, you know, always amazes my customers when they ask me, 
uh, you know, how many lawns I do when they're like, like, you're done already. Like, it looks so good and everything. Yeah. And, you know, if they were mowing their lawn, it would take them, you know, a few hours to do it. And, uh, you know, they're always amazing. And then they ask me, like, how many do you got left? And they're like, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe that you, you're able to, you know, do that many in, in a single day. Uh, it's like a, a full day event that they look, you know, they don't look forward to doing just their own lawn and stuff. So, yeah, definitely, yeah, being able to uh, be efficient and quick uh, is definitely a, uh, a great uh, thing to be able to uh, have uh, as a skill uh, in this business for sure. Um so at this point in time, you said you recently uh, started uh, last year. So do you have any employees? Are you a one-man operation? Um, do you have any plans for employees? Yeah, last year, my nephew actually, um, he lived with me and um, he helped me out for the summer and then he went back to college as well. Um, so I'm hopefully trying to get someone back for the summer. I tried to get him to come back. We'll see if I can work that out we'll see okay so how did you find that um being uh, also like an employer for the first time well um, i had had employees previously um and because before i had moved the previous company uh, and i actually still do it some as i'm gearing up especially in the winter uh a painting company oh, okay. um, that i had run as well so i had i had some experience in the service based obviously it's different Mm -hmm. But as far as, you know, contracting and leads now, obviously it's very different as far as painting, you're having higher ticket items and then lawn care, it's smaller ticket items and you're working on knocking them out uh, to get to the volume. Um, but I had a little bit of experience with that, but it wasn't too bad. The one thing I should have done differently is um, should have invested in a little more duplicate equipment. Uh, so, cause sometimes uh, I should have got the second weed year would have helped a little bit because mm. sometimes we'd be waiting on each other, but that was, that's the one thing I, I would have done differently. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, a good tip uh, as well there to have uh, some duplicates. It's difficult when you're first starting out uh, to, uh, you know, be able to do that. Uh, and uh, you know, when you have employees, obviously uh, that's uh, definitely something you want to try to invest in is uh, having those duplicates um, not only for, um, you know, like you said, and not waiting on each other uh, when you're uh, got some of those jobs. I uh, did some of that um, with my son. I had him out uh, sometimes during the summertime and stuff, and um, it was you know much the same. You'd have to sort of get a system going uh, where um, you know we would take like two if we were doing. I would take them mainly on uh, areas where we were doing small like push mow type jobs. Um, so we would take two of the, the push mowers um, and, you know, I'd have the commercial 30, but then I'd also have uh, the 21 with me. And, uh, you know, I would do all the trimming and edging and all that. And he would just start uh, doing the mowing. And then when I finished uh, the trimming and stuff, then I would uh, go to the truck and then grab the 21 and then just start, uh, you know, uh, continuing on and doing, um, you know, whatever mowing was left as well to try to uh, uh, obviously get the jobs done a bit quicker. I'd get him like started in, you know, a larger backyard and leave the front yard to last. That way, when I would finish, I could, you know, knock out the front yard uh, and uh, get that done with the smaller mower. Uh, especially since the deck sizes were different, uh, so that uh, we'd have uh, you know not uh, matching stripes in a backyard, sort of thing. But uh, yeah, it's uh, good to have uh, those two uh, uh, spare pieces of equipment, and then of course too when you have employees, the downtime. So if something goes down, mm -hmm. 
um, you know, you, you know, it's not just you that's not uh, there, but you're also paying somebody else to be standing there doing nothing. Uh, so having right. that uh, spare equipment uh, becomes a bit more uh, critical uh, with employees. So uh, yeah, definitely something. Uh, uh, you know, that uh, you learned. Any other similarities that you would say between the painting um, or lessons that you learned there that you were able to uh, carry over uh, to lawn care? Um, one for sure is don't compete on price. Mm. You, you know, a race to the bottom, I know uh, it's important to learn about, or I guess I have been learning about, you know, you, you never want to advertise, in my opinion, as the cheap person if you can compete on quality mm-hmm. not only are you going to attract better customers but it's going to be much easier and uh says if you've ever read i've been reading a book lately it's about the long tail mm-hmm. and it's a, a book about marketing but also talking about how basically the top one to ten percent gets the basically lion's share of the profit you know and if you can be in quality you know, one of the best people are going to be willing to pay for it and also seek you out less tire kickers, just a whole litany of uh, pluses to compete on value. Yeah, definitely. Um, And there's lots of things, lots of lessons that you can take um, as you go along. Uh, Like I said, when you're starting out, it's difficult uh, to imagine, but as you get uh, more established in the business and, um, you know, you learn those lessons, you start to hone in on those types of things. I learned firsthand, I had a a company in the past doing um, vinyl signs, vehicle signs and graphics and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, I was a lot younger uh, when I was uh, trying out that venture. And I actually named my company Affordable Signs, like the biggest mistake oh, no. <laughs> you, could, you could make. And it was just like a race to the bottom with that, with the the, the types of customers that were, uh, yeah, that were calling and looking. It was always about the cheapest price and, and that. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, not, it was a good lesson to learn because uh, I, you know, like you said, uh, learn to focus not on being the cheapest price uh, and getting away from that. And now I actually, with my company and my brand, I actually try to steer away people. I try to make it so that it's only uh, people looking for that quality and sort of higher end service that are uh, calling and and looking uh, for uh, you know a company to uh, service their properties. Uh, but that comes, um, like I said, in time and experience, you have the advantage of, like me, having past uh, businesses that you uh, learned some of those lessons on. Uh, so you get uh, sort of an unfair advantage when you start uh, in lawn care, being able to uh, take those lessons with you, where a lot of the guys starting out, uh, you know, have no prior experience uh, in business. Um, so my ne- then <clears throat> the next question, excuse me, is uh, one of my favorites, and it's because when I ask somebody like yourself who's had businesses in the past and is an entrepreneur, I always get a different answer. But if I ask somebody who's never had a business, uh, they work, uh, you know, a nine to five job or shift work or that, the answer is typically always the same. So Ezra, how would you define success? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I think that's most of the reason I guess why I work for myself is uh, having the freedom and the finances to basically not be nailed down to, I guess, uh, I guess a nine to five. I've, I guess worked for myself for so long that that's really what I value Mm -hmm. having the, 
not only finances, but time to be able to, you know, if something comes up, uh, you can just, you can work around it um, and have the time freedom. That's a lot of it for me. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That's um, pretty much uh, for me as well. Um, You know, almost the exact same answer. Uh, There is uh, just that freedom uh, and, you know, being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it and what properties you want to do and, and, you know, tailoring it, uh, you know, to uh, your specific uh, needs, even uh, to your own. uh, Like I always talk a a lot on this podcast about my short attention span and not being able to uh, handle being on large jobs and things. And if I was an employee for somebody, I would have no choice in that if they wanted to put me on a you know a property for a week straight doing a particular thing it would be like torture for a week being at the same location (laughs) right where uh being uh self-employed i can pick those properties that are like no i don't want to take on that job i want to just do this sort of thing and be in and out in and out in and out and uh work on that so it's that freedom that you get uh is a huge part of it uh, being able to do uh, that sort of thing. Um, so people that uh, follow me, listen to uh, the podcast, know that I predominantly service very small uh, city properties. I do have a handful of uh, larger properties that I maintain, but the vast majority is stuff that I could mow with a 21-inch or the commercial 30 uh, because I'm in uh, sort of the dense city. Um, so just to give people sort of an idea of uh, what you're doing out there, you I believe uh, you uh, told me, uh, I don't think we talked about it here, but uh, that uh, in email that um, you're in Greenville, Texas. Um, so what size properties uh, do you maintain there and what sort of equipment are you using to maintain them? Yeah, it <clears throat> varies a lot. I've got small subdivision lots, but the town that I live in is right around 26,000, 30,000. So it's not, I mean, it's big enough, but it, so I do some, um, I've done up to an acre and a half. Um, and then I, I have bid up to like, you know, three and a half acres. That's really kind of the, the top end I do. Cause what I have right now is I've got a 48 inch, uh, X mark that works really well, uh, for like the front yards, but I do where I am, I do gated backyards. Okay. And so I do push mow those. Um, and just, that what's that's what works well, like some small subdivisions. Mm-hmm. Um, there are are some of that here, um, and so with that, I just use a, a small. There's a really good um, Honda push mower. That's I don't think it's technically commercial, okay. but it works really well at the price point. Um, you know, you could just about throw one out every year and get a new one, and they just they're really light too. Okay. Um, so for for moving around, I really like that. Okay. That's just like a twenty-one to yard. Okay. Um, like, and then who's the other? Okay. Yeah. So uh, like a twenty-one inch uh, Honda mower for the backyards. Yeah. Right. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So and then that uh, you said it was a forty-eight inch uh, X mark that you're using. Is that like a a sit-down zero oh, turn a, or a stand-on mower? Yeah. Or? Sit-down. I sit down zero. Okay, very cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, three and a half acres is sort of your largest size there. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, much bigger than that, and you you'd be there a long time with the forty eight, and you'd be wishing you had something bigger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I I think my largest one is maybe for actual grass, 
last year. I think it was maybe only half an acre or maybe three quarters oh, of an wow. acre. That was the largest property. Um, and even then that was like, um, with 36 or the 42, it was still taking me, uh, quite a bit of time uh, to get through mm-hmm. uh, that. A lot of trees and trimming and stuff though, that as well, uh, almost took as much time doing all that than uh, the actual mowing part of it with all the obstacles and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's awesome that, uh, you got a nice, uh, uh, range there. Uh, the gates are, uh, um, is it like large front yards and then like small little backyards or is it pretty even in those subdivisions? Um, that that subdivision is pretty small, so in all reality, I'll actually push mow the front too. Oh, okay. I can use the the the, uh, the forty eight inch, but the problem is they've got trees. Yeah, because it's like brand new subdivision, um, and so with it being so large, and it, you can't change up your pattern a whole lot. Um, so I'll, but literally, I can be done, um, and I've got two right beside each other right there, so I can be done with those. Um, and even with being push mode in under, under 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not, they're not real big. Okay. So they're, they're, they're pretty small. Yeah. 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 No, that's uh good. I always get, um, uh, questions when I have like videos out and, and showing that I'm mowing and I'm push mowing and stuff. And people are like, why, why don't you use like the standard mower or something on there or the, the larger walk behind there. And it's like, well, cause you know, I got to get this mower into the backyard and the way my trailer set up, if I'm unloading this mower, it's in a separate compartment than the larger mowers and the amount of time that it takes to unload and load a different mower is like, I could be done mowing the front yard with the push mower. So it's not really worth the time to unload and load just to stand for five minutes uh, or something, right? It makes no sense uh, doing that. Um, so yeah, lots mm-hmm. of different ways in those small properties. I think um, like the ones that you're kind of describing there, uh, I always say, I think are the most profitable um, versus doing oh, um, yeah. the larger ones. Um, you share that same uh, sentiment? Yeah, especially if you got them right beside each other, like like I mentioned there. And so literally I can, even when I'm edging, I don't have to stop. I just go straight down uh, to the neighbors and kind of their front yards are so small and close together that it, it works very well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I find as well. So do you um, offer any other services that are not lawn care or landscaping related, like possibly power washing or window cleaning, for example? Um, I, I do, but I haven't, other than gutter cleaning, um, uh, and I've had good success with that and installing gutter guard Okay, because in college I roofed. So getting on a roof doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Uh, and that has a very high profit margin. Um, and that's something that, that works really well here. Okay. So what is, uh, you mentioned gutter guard. What is that? Is that like a, a screen or a, uh, um, there's, there's, Right. It, you can, there's, that's just different word for it. There's different varieties screens. Some are metal with small holes in it, which basically covers it. And so the leaves and debris don't pile up in there. Yep. And the theory is so for the wind to basically blow it off and it just kind of doesn't set there and clog up the gutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said you had, you have success uh, sort of upselling that to uh, clients to do. Oh yeah. Well, upselling and also, um, just because most of my customers uh, come from Google, and so I put that on there as well, and so then they're able they are they search for me, and some of them 
aren't even clients, but they find me through that. Oh, okay. Very cool. So are you typically um, doing uh, or focusing in on that gutter cleaning um, at a certain time of year? Um, well, it's just mostly, yeah, it would be the fall or the spring. And I don't necessarily focus on that, but, but that's when I, that's normally when people do ask for it. Oh, okay. And then you're going and doing a quote and you're just, um, basically, are you introducing them to, um, the gutter guards as well at that time? Uh, yeah, sometimes I will. And sometimes people already know about it and okay. they may call it something else, Yeah, yeah. you know? But uh, people are familiar with that. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where you live, but different places, it's more popular than others. Yes, yeah, Yeah, definitely. I see um, uh, a bunch of commercials on TV for different uh, versions of it from different companies that have sort of their own uh, like patented kind of style. Some of them, like you said, are screens. Other ones are like a uh, literally like a cover that covers and mm-hmm. allows the water to kind of drip underneath it and get into the gutter, but everything else to blow off. Um, but they're usually like named after the company that's installing them. It's kind of like their own sort of uh, design that they're putting on and stuff. But uh, yeah, similar mm-hmm. um, to what you're describing there. Uh, and uh, yeah, I never thought about, uh, you know, I've, I've done uh, plenty of gutter cleaning in the past in uh my business but never thought about uh having that sort of uh as, since you're up there anyways doing an install oh, of, yeah. uh, of that uh, uh sort of uh, system because uh, i'm sure it's pretty uh, pretty generic ones readily available at uh, building supply places yeah i just you can get them from lowe's an example of one if you don't mind me sharing the numbers i just did one for uh, a property and the total cost was i think 800 a little over 800 and some dollars and my materials were I think under two, two maybe it was two something. Mm-hmm. So for six hours of work, the profit was over $500, wow. five something. So now you don't get those every day, Yes, of course. but yeah. that's a decent profit profit margin for one person um, for not a hard day. Yeah. And so, you know, if you can get a few of those, those are, those are very nice. Yeah. Any specialty tools you need for that? No, uh, other than, you know, if you're, depends if you're worried on getting on the roof, obviously you need a ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, if it's super steep, obviously it's more complicated. You have to stay on the ladder. Yep. Um, and you, but you charge more and people are, you know, people are understanding, uh, about that. And, and if not, then, you know, then they'll go with someone else yeah, yeah. with a lower price. But yeah. how are you cutting? Uh, Cause I'm sure it comes in like long lengths and stuff. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess you do need, I, I call it a pair of snips. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the, I forget the, the correct terminology for it, but it's, even if you had to buy one, you get a super nice one for under 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if you had to buy a ladder, which most people probably would have, um, but you could even buy a ladder, buy a pair of snips and the first job and easily pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a hard barrier of entry. Are they clipping on or are they being like screwed into the existing gutters? How's that work? Uh, there's different varieties. You can do ones that kind of clip or kind of just slide under. And then you can buy ones that are screwed down and then you need a drill. But uh, most people would either have a drill or most people wouldn't complain if they had to buy one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's for sure. All, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's for sure. Uh, that's awesome. That's a, a great uh, sort of uh, add-on service. Uh, like I said, I've never uh, really thought about, uh, you know, gutter cleaning and uh, that sort of stuff, power washing, all those types of services uh, seem to be a perfect fit um, for, uh, you know, existing clientele uh, when you're visiting their homes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, something like that is uh, just another great uh, add-on, uh, you know, value-added service that you can uh, provide to clients. And seems like it's... Uh, pretty straightforward and not too hard to uh, get into and uh, install uh, something like that. So that's uh, awesome. Thanks for uh, sharing uh, you know, some of your experience with that. Um, with your uh, lawn care clients, are you doing, is it uh, all residential? Do you do commercial? Um, and um, of the two, uh, which do you prefer and why? Um, I do a mix of both commercial and residential. Um, I guess I would prefer commercial, okay. but obviously as of starting, it's a little harder to get your foot in the door. Um, but it's starting to kind of pick up steam. Um, I do like it. It's just easier, less hassle. Um, most of the time I, d I don't talk to people when you're there, okay. you just do it. Then you send the bill and they, and they send the check. Okay. Have you ever had any, um, negative experiences with, uh, either residential or commercial? Um, not too bad other than sometimes, you know, there's this one, uh, auto zone I do and <clears throat> the lady I had, uh, had contracted me, you know, she's out of state. Uh, and I've, I've just talked to her over the phone. Mm -hmm. Well, I go do it. And then the people come out and they're like, basically, who are you and who paid you to do this? <laughs> because they weren't in communication. Oh, okay. Now, uh, they paid, but you know, anyway, it, they were just like, what in the world? Um, okay. But other than that, other than just kind of a nuisance with that, because there's, you know, probably corporate uh, is dealing with that. Yeah. Because corporate didn't even know who in the world was mowing that because the local people were paying for it. Anyway, it was just kind of, sometimes commercial can be a little confusing because most of the time it's people out of state and you're just, you never see people. It's just all uh, online or over the phone. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Uh, excellent. So uh, this next question is probably the one that gives people the most um, pause for thought. Uh, um, you know, kind of gives people a bit of trouble. They got to um, take a moment to think about it. Um, so uh, the question is, uh, share a time with us when you struggled in your business and uh, what you learned or did to overcome it. Uh, but before you answer that, I'm going to give you a moment to think about it. And we're just going to uh, take a quick break. So stay tuned. Hey, Lenny Magno with Xmark here with some food for thought when it comes to choosing the right zero turn mowers. What do you value in a zero-turn mower? Productivity, reliability, cut quality, or a combination of each? At Xmark, we're constantly listening to our customers to ensure our Laser Z mowers deliver the right features, productivity, and uptime performance to help them grow their business. Visit xmark.com to learn about the innovations that make the Laser Z the green industry's most trusted zero-turn mower. 
Are you tired of pulling a trailer in your lawn care business? Check out MowingoSystems.com, the premier designer and builder of adjustable and easily removable dovetail ramp systems for the lawn care industry. The Mowingo Systems ramps use your existing Class 3 receiver hitch and can be installed and removed with basic hand tools in minutes with no cutting, welding, or drilling required. Mowingo Systems ramps are truly universal with sizes that are available for every class of pickup truck. Each ramp system is built to order with many different options and accessories available. Shipping is available worldwide with free shipping in the continental U.S. So what are you waiting for? Go check out MowingoSystems.com for more info and stop pulling a trailer. Okay, Ezra, so uh, share a time with us when you struggled in your business and what you learned or did to overcome it. Probably one of the worst I can think of. It's it's actually just, oh, I guess it wasn't last year, but 2020, and it was actually just before I started, it, it was in the, as I was doing the painting, but I think it, it applies. It was with uh, employee story. So I was at this, working at this job and I was under a, a hard time crunch to get it done. And so I had uh, made the, the error of, of hiring quickly. And so I had this, well, this young man that was working for me and uh, we're at this project and he kept, he kept taking really long lunch breaks. Mm-hmm. And I, and I asked him, you know, Hey, we, we really need to, you know, just take a, uh, a normal lunch break here and not go over. Uh, and so I told him, you know, are you going to be back in, uh, in half an hour? And he's like, yeah, I'll be back. Well, an hour later, he's not back. And so I call him and I said, Hey man, you know, where are you? He's like, well, I had a flat tire, you know, I'm sitting here waiting for my brother and I'll be back in an hour or something. Well, time goes by. He doesn't show up. Nothing. Mm. And I tried to call him. He wouldn't answer. And here I'm, you know, trying to get at this huge commercial job, trying to get it done under a time crunch. And the guy ends up basically not coming back the rest of the day. Mm. And I, I'm pretty sure I, I uh, kind of doubt the, uh, the truthfulness of his statements, <laughs> to say the least. So anyway, I guess the, the moral of the story I learned from that is, you know, even if you're in a pinch, don't hire quickly. Um, and if a red flag before I hired him was, you know, he was saying he had trouble at his previous job with his manager. They didn't get along, which, you know, sometimes things happen, but that should have kind of been a red flag. Mm-hmm. And I was in a tight spot, so I hired him anyway, and I paid the piper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's amazing, um, you know, if you let, uh, you know, in uh, conversations with people, especially in those sort of uh, kind of high pressure kind of times, um, like uh, during interviews uh, and just other like sales pitches and things like that. Um, if you just let people talk what they'll say and, uh, you know, what they'll let slip out uh, that are uh, basically those red flags uh, that kind of pop up and, uh, yeah, being able to uh, tune into that. But, you know, not if, you know, that was a, a, a limited experience, then it would be difficult um, to sort of thing. But like you said, you know, 
you should have picked up on it uh, and uh, kind of uh, went there, but you were in a pinch. Uh, but it's something that uh, you've learned, and uh, going forward, uh, you won't make that mistake again. In uh, uh, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that uh, you know it'll always turn out uh, peachy every time you hire somebody. Uh, taking your time because that can still go uh, wrong, but um, you know you're always uh, honing those skills. Um, so at this point in time, um, in terms of your lawn care business, what is your favorite thing uh, about being self-employed? Mm, I'd probably just go back to what we had talked about previously, just the time freedom. That's, that's what I really enjoy. Okay. Um, and, and the tax, the tax deductions are really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that, uh, works to your advantage, uh, to be able to do that. I remember in high school, I was taking a, um, it was like a consumer ed class or something. And I remember the teacher saying that everybody should have a business regardless of whether you have a full-time job or something like have a side business just for the tax write-offs to be able to uh, <laughs> be able to, <laughs> to run things through the business uh, as a tax writer. like everybody should have some sort of a business happening. Um, so uh, in what ways do you market your business and maybe share your number one marketing tip? Basically, predominantly uh, now, all the marketing I do is solely through uh, Google. Okay. And I have tried very lightly, but what has worked the best is just, I call it organic with no paid uh, advertising through Google My Business. Mm -hmm. Um, And the best tip I would give someone for marketing is hands down, predominantly I would say Google, but whatever platform you're on, Get reviews. Mm-hmm. Reviews are the new word of mouth. I think Forbes was it said that over eighty percent of customers read customer reviews before they buy. Yeah, and I know just like I tell people, it's like Amazon. If there's no reviews on the product, I don't buy it. And as far as I know, other people do not. As I mean, they're less likely to buy it. Yeah, and it's just like that, and it's becoming more so with the service-based industry. And so what I've done is I've really, uh, when, when a customer, uh, when I'm done with the customer, when I've done a job, when I've completed the job, uh, I'll send them a link and you want to make it as easy as possible. Uh, and so most of the time I'll text them. And then I've lately been working on a follow-up system to follow back up with them. Um, and just consistently gathering those reviews. And that's enabled me, uh, even though I'm a newer business to, on Google shoot up way past these other businesses that maybe have some better systems in place, uh, more employees, more customers, but especially people that are looking for uh, a change, they're going to look at those reviews. And if people just move to the area, they obviously don't have uh, a network built of people to ask or uh, experiences. So they're going to go online mm-hmm. and that's just really been a boon Uh, And that's one thing I learned in the painting industry and I was able to, I'm working on refining it and that's really made a big difference uh, with customer acquisition. Okay, very cool. So can you share a bit uh, more about your process? I know this week um, and what you were saying there was totally hitting home as far as the, um, you know, Amazon and that sort of stuff when you see reviews and if it's something doesn't have a review, you're you're probably not going to buy it. Uh, I know for me, that's my pattern. That's what I've been trained to do is look at reviews first. Uh, this past week, um, in fact, I 
uh, took my uh, truck in. It, it had a small little pinhole leak that I tracked down in the coolant uh, to this tiny little hose. Uh, and, uh, it looked like it was kind of an awkward spot. I usually do my own maintenance and things and can replace parts and stuff, uh, you know, pretty well, but this looked kind of like it would be, you know, maybe a little bit of trouble and stuff. So I thought, you know, I'll just take it in, uh, somewhere. So I was looking up some div- uh, diesel repair shops and, you know, I went with one, uh, that had good reviews. Uh, and unfortunately it was a case where, uh, it kind of bit me in the butt, uh, because of going on relying on the reviews, uh, because my experience wasn't good, uh, with them. Oh, no. Uh, and then, uh, after I got my bill, uh, well, uh, to like long story short, they didn't even fix the whole, the pipe, like the, the piece of hose, the whole reason I brought it there for it, they replaced a completely different one, even though that was the one that's clearly leaking um, and just started changing their story and stuff. And anyways, I noticed on my bill that it said a 20% discount off an oil change for a Google review. So I was like, Oh, oh. that's why they have so many uh, <laughs> positive yeah, reviews. They could, that's a little sketchy because you, you don't want to do that. No, because if Google catches wind of that, I don't think you're allowed to offer incentive. Yeah, you're to not. Leave or, or it's, yeah. So you're I not. Wouldn't, I yeah. wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's funny because then I started going through them and all the bad reviews were all the same. They were all the same problems that I experienced uh, with them, like really bad communication, uh, pricing that was like pulled like out of thin air like they weren't even there was no rhyme or reason to why the amount of labor they were charging for particular jobs and stuff um it was just it was ridiculous so i was like oh that explains it if there was a sign out front saying that they give 20 percent off for a thing i wouldn't have even taken it in i would have been like uh no um but you know of course you know i only saw that after uh, they had worked and i already paid the bill and was going to pick up the truck and pop the hood. Uh, it happened to just pop the hood while I was there just to see what type of clamps they used. Because uh, I heard that once you replace that, you can't use the factory clamps. You got to use some other like hose clamps or something. So I was just curious hmm. and then looked at the hose. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's still got... Oh, no. It's still Did the they make hose. it right? No, they didn't. And they had the audacity oh, to tell me uh, that it would be an, another $1,200 to f- change this like two-inch piece of rubber hose that is literally like Make you sick. Yeah, like top center of the motor behind the fan. Like it's it's a little awkward, but it's like it would take no longer than an hour to do. Um, and they had the audacity to tell me it would be twelve hundred dollars more. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no thanks. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. So yeah, sometimes it kind of bites you in the butt, uh, kind of uh, just falling for that reviews. But obviously, it was working for them. They they figured out what you figured out that you know reviews are uh, you know sort of uh today's uh you know gold in terms of marketing um so how are you you know getting customers to uh leave reviews because it's one of those things where and it you know you have to keep it in mind too uh like for uh for example um in you know doing research and stuff like that like customer complaints and stuff typically it's uh, you know, you can look at a product or service and it'll have a bunch of complaints. Um, but that doesn't usually paint the whole story as well, because 
you know, only the people that are upset will be willing to go out, oh, out right. of their way to leave that. And there could be, you know, ex, you know, uh, an extraordinary amount of positive experiences that never get, uh, you know, uh, told because people who are happy don't generally go out and leave a review. Um, so That's how right. do you get people to organically uh, leave those reviews without incentives, without uh, any of that? Well, it all goes back to recognizing that in the service-based industry, it's all about an experience of, is what you're really selling your customer. You know, they don't, we've all been out there on a hot day, you're mowing, you're sweating like crazy, and it's uncomfortable. You know, that's what you're alleviating the customer of. But also it goes back to a book that I, I love talking about by Seth Godin. I believe he published it right around 2003. It's called Purple Cow. And basically the, the whole point of the book boils down to being different than your competition. Mm -hmm. And I know some people use the acronym, you know, USP, unique selling proposition, but I like the term purple cow. You want to stand out. And I, I always, I'm looking at different companies all around me, lawn mowing and, and otherwise, and I'm, and I'm looking at, okay, why are people complaining? One of the main reasons I see in lawn care from what I've seen that people do go and post negative reviews is communication. Uh -huh. So, okay, when I started, I think, okay, how can I solve the customer's problem of communication? Now, so what I, what I always try to do, and which obviously other people don't have to do, but what I'm trying to do is build an experience that they are wowed by. Mm. I want to wow them. So when I first show, when I show up for a quote, you know, you clean cut, I show up. And one thing I've just started implementing is I'll get a metal business card. Um, and what, what it is, is literally this company laser imprints onto this metal card, my business name. And so when you hand it to the customer, they feel it right away. I don't know how many people I hand it to, they look down and they're like, wow. Uh, or what, you know, they realize it's not just a cheap card. Yeah. Uh, and then I present it. Well, I talk to them because, uh, yes, you're providing a service, but as you talk to them and take that time with them, you're building that relationship. So before I've ever even told them a price, they probably found me online, looked at my reviews. I show up on time. I give them that business card. I present them a quote or they meet me. And so they've already building that rapport. And so if I show up during lawn season, when the grass is growing, uh, my close rate is normally over 90% if I meet the customer in person, mm. because you've already, first of all, they're seeking you. I'm not seeking them. And then you're getting back to asking uh, the reviews. How do I get them? I try to wow the customer different than my competition. And I ask for it. You've got to ask for it. You made a really good point earlier when you talked about, you know, the people that are motivated to leave a review normally are the disgruntled people because yeah. they were unhappy. Yeah. But, uh, if you ask for it, then they, they're going to, people are going to leave it if they've been happy with the service. Now, not everyone. I was just thinking about the other day for the amount of uh, reviews that I ask for, the amount of people that leave one, maybe 40%. Mm -hmm. If you get 50%, you're doing pretty good. Um, in my opinion, my experience, now some may have other experiences, but uh, you don't want to offer incentives um, because even if you're doing everything above board, Google will still curate or remove, 
remove some reviews. Yeah. And especially if uh, you have a lot more in your competition, it's something that's so frustrating. The past two months, I've had at least two taken down, and I tried to talk to them and and email them, but it's almost impossible. And I'm like, I'll even send you the pictures of my work I did for them, but um, yeah. And it, that works. So, that works both ways uh, that I've experienced. And like you said, you see that frustration there. Um, and I think my mistake was I was trying, you know, uh, looking at my thing going, okay, you know, I need to ask, I've got to look at these customers. Some of them so like long-term uh, that are always like, literally I have some that on a weekly basis come out and tell me how good of a job I'm doing. They're uh, always uh, purchasing gifts for me uh, in appreciation oh, wow. and stuff. And it's like, okay, that's awesome. Like that. Right. So I was like, you know, I should ask these people for reviews and stuff. So I asked a bunch of them for reviews and they were all um, willing to leave reviews. And then I started noticing that after a day or so Google took them down and I was like, Oh, maybe it's because they all did it all at once. All of, you know, uh-huh. you that's know, one thing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that sucks. Cause like I've been, gotta be consistent. Yeah. It's like I've been literally servicing this property for, you know, years and they're like super happy. And Google has taken it down thinking it's fake. Um, yet, you know, there's a couple of negative reviews uh, that I've got um, from people I don't even know. I've never even you know, talk mm-hmm. to the people or serve it. And, you know, you try to dispute that and Google doesn't list. They're like, nope, it's, you know, it stands. And it's like, what, how does it stand if I've never talked to this person before? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of strange. You have to, I would say, if you're going to get into doing the reviews or trying to get reviews to kind of space them out. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, and don't, yeah. Them. Be consistent and just don't like blanket all your customers all at once and say, hey, can you leave me a review? And then because a lot of them might get taken down if they do. Uh, so just mm-hmm. sort of do one at a time. Uh, ask for a review one week, maybe for one client, and then maybe the next week and ask another one. And that any sort of um, s- sort of hacks or secrets that you've kind of figured out just from your experience on uh, timing and spacing of that? Yeah, some of the best practices are to ask just after you've completed a service where it's fresh in their mind. And as far as Google, you can go on to your Google My Business profile and you can copy and paste a link into your text messages and you can text it. Uh, I believe the response rate to text is over 90%. And in that response rate, uh, not to leave a review, but in general, text messages uh, and the open rate is like over 90%. And most people respond within like a minute uh-huh. if just general texting. So you want to make it as easy as possible. Cause if you ask them, well, how you leave it is you go on Google and you, you type in my name and then you, it says, uh, write a review. You know, there, it, it's just all those steps. Less and less people are going to do it. Yeah. Right. So if you make it as easy as possible, you can text them, text them a link. And there's some really neat uh, programs that you can do now. Some of them are expensive or they, they're cost, they cost something. There's two that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out which is the best. There's one called Podium and there's another called Nice Job. Yeah. And what they are is basically you use them and you can text them. And when it gets to them, then they can, uh, from that text, go to Facebook, Google, um, Nextdoor, all these different review sites, they can pick which one they want and leave one there. Oh, okay. So that's another options. Uh, 
or if you just want to do, you know, uh, simple, free, then, and the best place to do it, in my opinion, is Google. Yes. Um, because that will help your Google ranking as well, because Google reviews are up to 30% of the Google algorithm. Mm. That's insane. Yeah. So ob- obviously, the more you have authentic, positive reviews, and you mentioned about the negative reviews, there will be times where you get some, but as long as you don't have a consistent thread yeah. of negative reviews, people, if you have a couple, people are understanding and they realize you can't please everyone. Yeah, yeah. But if half are negative, yeah, yeah. then they're probably going to pass. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, those are some uh, really uh, great uh, tips there. Any other um areas in uh, the Google My Business, because uh, you seem to be well-versed in it, that you've uh, you know done a lot of research and played around with it about, uh, uh, quite a bit. Um, any other areas that you would focus on uh, as a new business with the Google My Business profile, like uh, you know, having a bunch of photos, updating photos, anything like that that you found um, <clears throat> important? Yes, updating... Uh obviously putting all your info in there, keeping it up to date and consistently adding a photo and adding an update to the posts uh, and in the products, adding a description Um, or just like uh, the other day I was helping a gentleman with his and he services lawn care and landscaping, but under his, um, what did he offer? His main, um, description was only landscaper. Mm. So if someone typed in lawn care, even though he offered it, he couldn't be found. So I helped him add that. So that's, you want to make sure everything's filled out and then consistently putting photos with descriptions. And that helps Google recognize that, okay, this business is relevant. They're up to date. And that will also help uh, in your Google rankings as well. And also when people come to look at it, um, that's something good as well. Okay. Any other um, or sort of last um, thoughts on Google My Business that you want to share? Yeah, it's, in my opinion, the best place to uh, work in. And also, they have a feature there that I don't think a lot of people realize. They have a website builder Mm -hmm. um, that if you're a larger business, it may not be the best for you. But especially if you're just starting... Uh, it's free. Mm-hmm. If your Google My Business is utilized completely, it can auto-generate a website in literally maybe 10 seconds from what you've populated that from. Yeah. Uh, and it's not perfect, but it's something for the customers to go to. Um, and then you can buy a domain, which is basically the name yeah. for hardly nothing. Uh, and, you know, once you get some customers in and you have a larger business, I would recommend getting something else. Yeah. Uh, but for a, a just starting, I mean, it's better than, it is better than nothing. And it's, to be honest, better than half of the lawn care websites I've seen um, that are just non-functional and look awful. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a, that's something that uh, I did a video on, I think it was last year about uh the free, okay. the free Google websites, um, the, for businesses and Google my business. And, um, you know, I talked a bit about uh, in that video, um, you know, without any, you know, sort of proof or anything, because Google's algorithm is, you know, uh, 
guarded uh, quite uh, you know heavily. You can't really figure out exactly what it's looking for or how it works or any of that. But my thoughts in the video were. Um, you know, seeing has, like you mentioned, like that, uh, you know, the Google My Business and stuff like that, like it's like, what is it, 30% you said of the search results or or, or that were the... Or yeah, that, thing? that's what I have been... Yeah, so under- yeah, my thought was with the website was like, are they going to put any sort of um, special attention uh, to websites that are made with that Google uh, website builder because it fits exactly. You hear all this, you know, having to be um, mobile uh, ready and all this sort of stuff. And obviously, their website builder is going to be displaying websites exactly how they want websites to be displayed. So, are they going to put any sort of, um, you know, incentive on those websites? in terms of search results over other websites that may or may be a little bit clunkier uh, or, you know, uh, longer loading and all that sort of stuff. Um, So I was like, you know, even if you have your own, uh, because like you mentioned, you know, it might not be the prettiest website or something through the Google uh, website builder. um, But, you know, even if you have your own fancy website with bells and whistles, it may be worth having a second one through that uh, Google my business, maybe with just a slightly, you know, a play off of the, uh, domain name. So if you know, you got, uh, you know, your domain name is one thing and then just having sort of a different version of that domain name, uh, with that, um, you know, like I said, I don't have uh, sort of, uh, data or anything to back that up, but I was just kind of like, mm, it's kind of interesting that they're doing this. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, something that would be interesting to do, but yeah, it's for, uh, any business just starting out to be able to not only get that free advertising, have that whole system there for you, and then a website builder for free, and you're only really paying for the domain name um, for it is just amazing that they do that for uh, businesses. And, uh, you know, Google uh, is, you know, the number one uh, search, um, you know, um, uh company on the web uh, that people use uh, for their search results and stuff. So uh, definitely uh, the place you want to have your business. Um, And I've seen it firsthand in my business. Uh, Like you, I do no other marketing uh, other than just having the website uh, and uh, the Google My Business. And, uh, you know, uh, other than that, it's just, I guess, uh, if people see us around uh, with trailer and and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's a super powerful tool and uh, a common thread through people that I've interviewed uh, with uh, their marketing being, uh, you know, everybody has said, I don't think there's one person that I've interviewed that has not uh, said that Google My Business as their number one uh, marketing uh, method. Uh, so um, one of the most common questions uh, that I get in my business is what do I do in the winter? So is there a winter or off season in your business? And if so, what do you do in the winter? Hello? Winter here. Uh, I'm in Dallas. We're right outside of Dallas, so there's uh, obviously no snow, uh, and so that's what I found that works and um, works well for me. Okay, sorry, your the the first half of your answer got cut off there. What was it? Oh, I'm sorry. I said I do painting in the winter. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Going back to your uh, your original uh, business. Yeah, just for the winter, and then I mean it should dial up here in a month or two. But uh, but even still, uh, I'm still getting phone calls now, more obviously geared towards uh, this coming spring. Um, but even still, 
Um, I've still got calls coming in. Awesome. So what are your uh, future plans or goals for your business? Um, probably to, to gear, just gear up, get uh, quite a bit more commercial, quality commercial clients, and then kind of weed out um, the, uh, the the clients that may not be a perfect fit. Okay. Very cool. Um, is there, this next question is uh, one of my favorites as well. Uh, is there a weirdest thing or um, just a strange happening uh, that you've seen or has happened to you during uh, the course of uh, your business? Mm-hmm. Or a fun story? Yeah, I can't think share? of anything. No, uh, probably not other than, other than large. I got a bunch of big spiders down here. It'll, <laughs> it'll make, make you pay attention, but not a whole lot. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so what would you say is one hidden pitfall with running a lawn care business that you see other, uh, uh, they see other businesses, uh, that prevents them from succeeding. So this is something that maybe you notice, uh, other lawn care businesses or competitors doing, and you instinctively know that they shouldn't be doing something like that. Um, well, not to beat a dead horse, but neglecting their Google I business. Okay. I, it was a large company I could think of that was literally a, a very success. It was a very successful company, a multi-million dollar company got bought out, but they had a, I looked up their Google profiles. They had four for four locations and the best one of them had 28 reviews and half of them were negative. Mm. And I guess I just looked at that, like how much money did they leave on the table um, by not utilizing that? Mm. Yeah, that makes uh, perfect sense, given uh, what we were just discussing. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. So uh, if you were to start your lawn care business all over again, uh, what is one thing you would do differently? Hmm. I would get a, a a double axle trailer. The one I got was a single axle, and it was uh, it works, but I, I had to reinforce it. Um, and so, anyway, I would okay. get the get different trailer set up, probably. Okay. So what is your biggest frustration about running a lawn care business? Mm, the rain. Oh. The rain. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't associate rain with, I wouldn't associate rain with Texas. Oh, well, this spring, it was so bad. Even after it rained, it was just so soggy here that you could hardly get your lawn equipment on it because it would just dig up the yard because mm-hmm. we just had rain. Uh, a bunch in this last spring. Yeah, yeah. I guess if it's not, uh, if, uh, you know, the um, lawns aren't uh, acclimated uh, to that, uh, roots and stuff will be, uh, you know, different uh, types of uh, grass and stuff aren't going to be able to handle it. We're here <clears throat> where I am in the Pacific Northwest. It's uh, all rain all the time, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> at least it seems. Oh, no. At least it seems that way. So we're always mowing in the rain. Every company is out there mowing in the rain, and uh, you just find ways around it and uh, use you know different uh, equipment and stuff uh, for you know certain sections. If if we're, you know if weight is an issue and things, and uh, you manage uh, through it. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, it's definitely not the norm in everywhere else. Probably, uh, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere else uh, avoids uh, working in the rain uh, as they should. Um, you know, if they've got uh, more uh, good weather than they do uh, bad weather. Um, uh, so what is uh, one resource that you use the most in building your lawn care business? 
Well, I hate to say it again, but probably Google my business. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Uh, and then, um, what is one thing that people don't realize about running a lawn care business? Uh, I don't think they realize how much it costs on the back end when they when they look at the cost of uh, you know what they pay for service, and they don't realize just like there was a guy I did a job for, and it was a large property. It took us oh man, quite a few hours, and so per mow it was over uh, or right at $300 and he about, you know, lost his teeth. Not quite, but um, he, he was just astounded. But what he didn't realize is you've got, you're pulling thousands of dollars behind your truck mm-hmm. and you got your truck and then you've got labor. Uh, and so some people understand, but especially if you get into a larger properties uh, at times um, they may not understand the cost behind it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's uh, I think most people starting out, uh, in a business, that's probably the biggest challenge for them uh, is learning to be uh, what it takes to be profitable uh, with it, with all your uh, costs and expenses and stuff. And customers, uh, lots of times, don't understand uh, that as well, <laughs> thinking that it's uh, pretty simple. They don't understand the cost of the truck and the equipment and all that sort of stuff. So, <clears throat> yeah, it can be a, a challenge uh, to get uh, uh, that. So down to uh, the last two questions I have for you. Uh, this next one is again, uh, probably uh, one of the ones, uh, that I love asking people and that is share your best piece of advice with those just starting out in the business. But I want you to come at this from the point of view that the person asking you is somebody that you like, uh, and that, uh, you, uh, only, uh, want to see, uh, the best for you want them to succeed. So if somebody like that, um, that, you know, and like, uh, came up to you and said, Ezra, I'm thinking about starting my own lawn care business. What's your best piece of advice for me? Or what would you tell them? Hmm. Um, probably focus on quality or not quality, uh, focus on value and not quantity. Okay. Can you uh, elaborate a bit more on that? Uh, I guess try to position yourself as a, um, from the very beginning as a uh, best. Okay. Versus, kind of, yeah. I forget who it was. I think it may have been Elon Musk talked about branding. And you know that he said, branding is what other people think of you. Um, and I'm butchering the quote, but something to the effect of uh, act like it until you get there, basically. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Basic. Well, yeah. I mean, do a good job. Yes. Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah, but. absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, very cool. So um, last question for you, and it's an easy one, and that is how can people uh, follow you online? Yeah, I, I don't really do social media, but I, I do have a LinkedIn, um, and I do try to help people. I just started helping people with their marketing, with their um, their lawn care, especially Google My Business and reviews. So you can just search search uh, J. Ezra McCarthy on LinkedIn or uh, just search on Google Maple Leaf Mowing or Lawn Care Greenville, Texas, and you'll find us. Awesome. So uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and uh, coming and sharing your uh, lawn care business journey with uh, the audience. All right, no problem. Thank you. Awesome. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that value-packed uh, interview episode with Ezra McCarthy from Maple Leaf Mowing uh, in Greenville, Texas. Uh, I'll leave a link uh, to uh, his um, 
uh, website there uh, that you guys can uh, check out. Uh, make sure you guys uh, search him up uh, as well and check out uh, all of those uh, organic reviews he has on uh, his uh, Google My Business profile. Seems to be uh, working very well for him to have uh, that many uh, reviews. I think uh, this morning when I looked, it had uh, like 50 uh, organic reviews already. Not bad for a business that's uh, been in business uh, for just uh, you know over, I think, a year, he said. Uh, so uh, that is uh, absolutely awesome. So uh, there you have it. Uh, that's it for uh, this one, guys. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you in the next one.